Man, this morning we're going to be in Mark 16, and I'm so, I don't know if you can tell, excited um, <laughs> about this. Um, man, I know that um, in a room like this, some of us have heard this story, the exact same story, over <laughs> and over and over again, because if we've been to very many Easter's, right, there's like four options. Um, <laughs> you're going to hit one every once in a while. Um, but man, I believe um, this morning there's something for us in this word. And I'm crazy enough to believe God that even though we've heard it a million times, maybe this morning um, it can be different. And I, just pre- I don't know how this is going to go. I just preached this. Um, so I even believe in that, that if you're here both times, it's going to be different. Um, because God says his word is living, right? And every time we come to it, it's fresh. Uh, so this morning, we're going to talk about the resurrection. Surprise. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I just want to say, kind of in the midst of that, um, Friday was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that next week, kind of in abundance. Um, but can I just say, um, man, I believe God did something. And that something met with us right now. Yeah. Amen. I don't know what happened there, and it was a lot, and we're going to talk about that. But I do know what just happened here. Mm -hmm. Amen? And that's transformational. Let's not go back. And I just, man, (laughs) it's different, right? It's good different. Um, And that's what the world needs, because that is hope on display right there. Uh, and that's only found in Jesus. Um, so if you had anything to do with Good Friday at all, um, thank you. Um, and we'll maybe be more specific next week, I don't know. But, man, look at what God done. Um, a lot of stuff has happened in the Easter story since Good Friday. So uh, if you were there Friday, um, we left off on the cross, right? Jesus hanging there. Um, Jesus had breathed out his last breath. He said, it is finished. And he meant everything. Um, It's done. He breathed out his last breath. And Jesus, the star breather, became breathless for us. Died. Physically died on the cross. They took Jesus' body down. He's not still on the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, They took Jesus' body down and they laid him in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Um, It became Joseph's tomb again after that because Jesus wasn't going to stay in it forever. He just needed to borrow it for a few days. Um, Jesus wasn't made for a tomb. He just needed somewhere to lie down for a few days. Uh, So uh, Joseph got his tomb back, but um, that all happened kind of on Friday night. On Saturday, Jesus laid in the tomb all day long. He was dead. He was not resting or sleeping. He was completely out of this place. He was dead, lifeless. And we enter the story on uh, Sunday morning. And it says, when the Sabbath was over, the Sabbath was the day of rest. It's a day where you can't really do much of anything. Uh, Jesus observed that, by the way, while he was laying in the tomb. On the Sabbath, you're not really supposed to do much of anything. You can't really cook. You can't clean. You're not even supposed to take a whole bunch of steps. So you better just pick a spot, get your food near you, and hang out for the rest of the day. um, Because not much is going to go on the Sabbath day. And when the Sabbath day was over, it says, Mary Magdalene, Now, Mary Magdalene, if you have heard of her before, is um, one of Jesus' closest friends. She's mentioned about 12 times in the Gospels, more times probably than most of the disciples, 
aside from a few. Um, Mary Magdalene, fun fact, also was a lady that in Luke chapter 8, we see Jesus cast seven demons out of. I didn't even know that till yesterday. I just thought she was this cool lady who hung out with Jesus all the time. But it turns out she's a lady that Jesus changed her life. And then what she did in response to that was to follow Jesus. And because of that, when you see this, she was the first person mentioned on resurrection morning. Wasn't Peter. He did great things, right? He walked on water. Wasn't Peter the first person, right? It wasn't John, the disciple Jesus loved, right? It was Mary, a lady who had seven demons cast out of her. And I just want to say this morning, if she can make it at the resurrection story, right? I don't know what you think you did, but you can make it at the resurrection story. If a lady who had seven demons, I've never experienced that. don't know what that feels like. Hope to God I never do. Sounds horrible. Um, And most of us have not either. You can make it at the resurrection story. And she's the first lady mentioned here. It goes on, it says, Mary, the mother of James. Um, James is a disciple, turns out, of Jesus. Not James the Greater, like the sons of Zebedee, James and John, but a James that most of us don't even know existed, James the Lesser. And this is his mom. She showed up here at the resurrection story. Um, Maybe moved by her son's decision to follow Jesus, she also chose to follow Jesus. And she makes it into, by the way, the resurrection story. And then uh, Salome, which who knows who that lady is? Um, (laughs) Really, look it up. Nobody else. Um, She's either Jesus' aunt, which is a possibility, makes sense, family come to the funeral, or um, she is another disciple's mother, uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. It could be their mother. Nobody really knows. It doesn't really matter, but she's here at the tomb, so we're going to talk about her. Um, so what happens on th- when the Sabbath day's over is Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, they brought spices so they could go and anoint Jesus. Now, I want you to get this because this is the true mood of the story. They're not going to celebrate the resurrection. Amen. They didn't, like, gather up the spices so they could go have a resurrection party with Jesus. Like, oh, man, that's great. Let me anoint you, king of kings. Like, that's not the idea. They're going to a funeral. See, Jesus was killed late. He died late in the afternoon, about 3 o'clock on the day before the Sabbath, which would have given him about two or three hours to do all the burial things, take him down off the cross and to take him to the tomb and to wrap his body. And, And the problem is they did not have time to fully prepare the body of Jesus before the Sabbath day. Just kind of had enough time to get him, wrap him up, and lay him in the tomb. It's kind of a quick process. So at this point in time, Jesus hadn't actually been properly buried as, a, as the custom is in this society. So the, when these women are coming, they're coming to bring these spices, not to celebrate the resurrection, but to prepare kind of Jesus' body for what happens after he die, right? He's wrapped up, and they're coming, and they're bringing these spices, and the idea is they're going to come, and they're going to anoint or rub Jesus' body down with these spices because in this culture, they didn't bury people under the ground like we do today. They found a cave or a hole in the rock or maybe a chiseled-out tomb, and they laid the body kind of out in the open. They wrapped it up, and they would anoint it with spices to keep the fragrance down as your body did what it does after your body is gone, right? So they were coming in to prepare Jesus' body for burial. 
And it says in verse 2, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They did this early in the morning because it was the first possible time after the Sabbath day they could do it. They couldn't come and anoint Jesus' body on Saturday because the Jewish law said you can't do very much stuff on Saturday. It was the day of rest all the way from Genesis. There was just a few days that God made everything, and on the seventh day, which is Saturday, not Sunday, uh, that you would rest. And the Jewish people had obeyed this law all the way to this moment, right? Even today, they still obey this. And this law says you can't do certain things. You can't do much of anything, actually, on the Sabbath day. So they couldn't do anything to get Jesus' body prepared on Saturday. So early in the morning, probably the earliest the law would allow them to get up and to go, they got up and they prepared the spices and they went out to the tomb to have Jesus' funeral. And it says they went to the tomb and they got there about sunrise. It says in verse 3, they were saying to one another... Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? When they went here, they were expecting to come up to the tomb and to to anoint the body, but they weren't really sure how they were going to get into the tomb. See, when they left the tomb on Friday, they had rolled a big stone in front of the door. The door wasn't very high, but the stone was kind of tall. It was somewhere between four and six feet, so you can imagine the door had to fit under that. So if it was four feet, the door would have been less But even from four to six feet, the stone, um, one inch thick stone, round stone, would have been somewhere between 2,000 and 4,000 pounds. I don't know what kind of bodybuilders you think these ladies were, but these three ladies are not going to come up and be able to roll the stone away. On Saturday, they were in the house all day, so they were unaware that at this point in time that there had been a guard placed at the tomb. There was no way (laughs) that the disciples could have stolen the body. They weren't even aware that guards were there. Um, So they placed these guards in front of the tomb. They're already gone at this point in the story. And these women are are thinking, man, I just have to get there. I don't don't know how I'm going to get in. I just have to get there. At this point in time, you have to imagine they're so overcome by sorrow, grief, sadness from losing their friend Jesus, this man they love. And then beyond that, they weren't even able to do what was customary for his burial just laying there and they're thinking the whole time like i have to do this for my friend this man that i love this man that rescued me from maybe possession or this man that i've been around and following for so long he's just laying there and i don't know how i'm going to get there but i know i have to get there and i know what i have to do when i get there so they're just going and they go to the tomb, and they're talking the whole way. I don't know how we're going to get the stone away, but we've got to get in there. And it says in verse 4, looking up, they observed that the stone, which was very large or heavy, had been rolled away. Like prayer answered, right? Ask and you shall receive. Like that's the deal. Like we were talking about the stone, and you get there, and it's like a miracle. The stone is not there. But in this moment, they're not thinking, I'll just be honest, um, oh man, Jesus is alive. They had heard stories over and over and over again how Jesus was going to die. And when he got to the cross, everybody was shocked. They had heard stories over and over and over again about how he was going to be resurrected. And can I just say it was the same. When they got there, they weren't expecting Jesus to be alive. And they saw this stone rolled away. And it wasn't, oh man, a miracle that's happened. It's, oh man, what has happened to Jesus? What? This is not right. 
the stone was there, and as long as the stone's there, I know his body's in there, but now the stone's gone, and now I don't know what has happened. Maybe somebody has come, maybe the Pharisees have come and they've taken his body, or maybe the Sadducees have come and they've taken his body, or maybe, maybe the, the guards, the Romans have come and they've taken his body, or worse, maybe a wild animal, that's why we use stones to cover up open graves, a wild animal has come in and something has happened to Jesus. So they do what any of us would do, they rush into the tomb, And it says, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were amazed and alarmed. They rush in the tomb, and something weird happens. What they expect to be in the tomb, the body of Jesus, is not in the tomb. But instead, there's a a man there, a young man in a long white robe, and he's sitting beside the place, the little stone bench that Jesus used to be on. He's sitting on the right side of that bench. And they look in there, and it says they were amazed. Oh, man, I have no idea what's going on. And they were alarmed. This is not correct. I've heard stories Easter after Easter after Easter about the empty tomb, haven't you? Oh, the tomb is empty. Tweet it. The tomb is empty. You can do that later. You're wrong, but you can do that later. Um, The tomb actually was not empty. It was vacant, right? We expected when we come to the tomb for there to be something there, and that thing was the body of Jesus. But when we got there, the thing we expected to be there was not there. The tomb was full, but it was full of things that were unexpected. And it was empty of or absent of the one thing that we thought would be there. Amen? Can I say it's still true today? Like in this story, it was like an angel and like a couple women. Like that's, and Jesus wasn't there. Like that's what was there. But can I say, like the tomb is still the same way today. The tomb is full. You don't have to tweet out the tomb is empty. The tomb is not empty. The tomb is vacant. Right? The tomb is full of stuff. That stuff is not what we expected to be there, which is Jesus. See, when we come to the tomb, when we come to the funeral, what we expect to be there is like sadness, Right? Coming, we're going to bury Jesus. We're thinking, man, we're going we're to step into sadness or we're going to step into hurt or we're going to step into heartache or we're going to step into uh, sorrow or, or some other great emotion. We're going to step into disappointment. We're thinking those things and we're thinking we're going to step into the tomb, but the tomb is not full of those things anymore. Actually, the tomb is full of some things, but those things are hope, right? The tomb is full of hope. Like the tomb may not have, it may be vacant, like Jesus isn't there. But when you walk down into that tomb and Jesus is not there, it's full of hope. The tomb is actually full of life. Amen? Like the tomb we expected to find death there, but now there's life in the tomb. We, we expected to come in to the tomb and have sorrow, but the tomb is actually full of peace. We expected to come in to the tomb and, and to find hurt and heartache, but they ain't got any of that in the tomb. The tomb is empty of hurt and heartache and sorrow and sadness. It's a void of those things because Jesus is not in the tomb. But man, it is full of hope. And it is full of life. And it is full of better days. And it's full of future. And it's full of mercy and grace and love and peace and forgiveness. The tomb is full still today. But it is vacant. So they walk into this place and they peer into the tomb and there's an angel there and it's so unexpected. And in that unexpected moment, they are amazed, but they're confused. Right? So they were amazed and they were alarmed. And then the angel speaks and he says something. He says, don't be alarmed. He didn't say don't be amazed, did he? 
See, some of you got it backwards. You walked into the tomb and you heard, oh, you've heard this before. Don't be amazed. Don't be amazed because you've heard this story your whole life. Don't be amazed because you grew up in church. Don't be amazed because we know about the tomb. We've already did the tomb thing. You got the tomb when you were six and when you got saved. Don't be amazed at the tomb. The angel didn't say that. He said, don't be freaked out. Don't be alarmed. Don't be, don't be confused. This is how the tomb is supposed to be. He said, don't be alarmed, he told them. And he goes on, he said, you, you guys, uh, are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, aren't you? He's like, hey, uh, I know why you're here. Um, you're looking for Jesus, aren't you? You come into this tomb, and you're looking for Jesus. And just so we're clear, uh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. You know, there could have been six or seven Jesuses, just a pretty common name. So I don't want you to think you showed up at the garden today and maybe just come into the wrong tomb. Like, no, this is Jesus' tomb, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. But just so we're clear, because there could have been like two or three Jesuses that lived in Nazareth, I want you to know this is Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified on Friday. This is Jesus of Nazareth who really did die. I want you to know when you walk into the tomb, I want you to be sure you're walking in to the same tomb. So let me just make sure you guys know that I know that we're all here for the same thing today. Um, you came for Jesus, and you came for the Jesus that was from Nazareth. And oh, by the way, the Jesus that was crucified, yeah, the one that was dead. This is his tomb. You know, the Jesus that on Friday you watched them put nails in his hands and his feet, that Jesus, you know, the one that you watched them beat him, you watched them whip him, that Jesus, the one that the spear pierced his side, that Jesus, the one that you saw like exhale his last breath and die on the cross. Yeah, this is his tomb. You're right. You are at the right, you are here, you are at the right spot, but you are here at the wrong time. See, because, um, get you this um he has been resurrected <laughs> oh yeah this is jesus's tomb jesus of nazareth who was crucified yeah you are in the right spot you were here at the wrong time because he has actually been resurrected i love this because this is a word that would not have existed before jesus like this word jesus made up and put in the bible in the gospels because resurrection wasn't a thing because resurrection is you were dead and now you are alive that's only a god word only God can use that word. Only God can breathe that word. Like, that's a God thing. He's making up language here in the middle of Mark. Isn't that amazing? And he says, hey, I, 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 let me figure out how I'm going to explain this to you. Um, Jesus, yep, the one from Nazareth, the one that was dead, uh, he, he not, he's not dead anymore. If you wanted to see dead Jesus, you should have come Saturday. Because it's Sunday. You come to a funeral, you should have come yesterday. Because it's not funeral time anymore. Like we had, you know, he, he, he did die. He did die on Friday, and they put him in here. You should have spiced him up then because he wasn't going to be here this morning. And then, like, Saturday, he was here. He was observing the Sabbath. He was resting all day. He could have come up, but God said to rest on Saturday, and he's God. So he rested all day Saturday. And now we are here, and you're late. <laughs> you're in the right spot. But you come at the wrong time because he's not here. He is alive you could be amazed at that i want you to get what's happening here he said come on down into the tomb um this is this is jesus's tomb the the same jesus yep he's not here because he's alive um but um you can come see the place where they put him so the angel says come on down right he invites him into the tomb, and he said, come and see 
the place where Jesus lay. Come check it out. You can come, come over here. Like, pull up this bench little thing right here. See, he's not under there. Come investigate. You can forensic this thing. Come, come check it out. Come over here and see the place where Jesus lay. See, I, I love this invitation from God because it's the same invitation today. See, the truth is God's not afraid for us to investigate the resurrection. Amen? Amen? You know, God's not afraid we're going to disprove that Jesus is alive because Jesus is, in fact, alive. There have been people for thousands of years now trying to prove Jesus is not alive. Guess how many were successful? None. Can I, can I just maybe throw this out there today? If, if for 2,000 plus years now, people have been trying to stamp out and shut down the name of Jesus, and all they would have to do is disprove the resurrection, yet they've been unable to do it, why in the world would you think that you are smarter than everybody that's existed for 2,000 plus years? You, you can search all you want to forever. You can spend your life trying to stamp out the name of Jesus. People have done it. But can I just say, it's not going to happen. It's an endless pursuit. And God's not afraid of you to investigate. So he says, be skeptical. You don't have to take it at my word. You can come in and see. Don't you love that the angel, he didn't meet him out front of the stone, rolled in front of the door and say, hey guys, um, Jesus is alive in there. Take my word for it. Actually, he didn't even step into he didn't even step into the open door and be like, I don't know if you can see around me or not, but Jesus is not in there. You don't need to come close, you don't need to look. You need to get closer. He's not in there. God actually extended an invitation that was come all the way down the steps. Come all the way into the tomb and look at this place. Because Jesus ain't in here. You, you will not find Jesus in the tomb because he is not in the tomb. He is resurrected. The tomb is not empty. It is vacant. Because the moment you see that Jesus is not in the tomb, you start noticing all the other stuff laying around the tomb, right? Oh, man, Jesus is not in the tomb. But what is this? Ooh, there is hope in the tomb. Because if Jesus is alive... And I'm with him, and he's defeated death, and I'm with that guy. I got some hope in that. Right, oh, <laughs> whew, um, Jesus is not in here, but there is a filing cabinet full of like stuff. Look at this. There's, there's peace in here. There is love in the tomb. Ooh, what is that? For, ooh, that's a big file. There's forgiveness in the tomb. <laughs> What else is in the tomb? There is life in the tomb. Whoa, I did not expect life to be in the tomb because I thought I was walking into a funeral. But turns out there are no funerals in the tomb, right? The tomb is vacant, but it's not empty. The tomb is, the tomb is full of stuff. It's just not the stuff we expected to be in the tomb. So God says, come on down. Step into the tomb. Come look around for Jesus because you're going to be amazed at what you find in this tomb. You know what's not in this tomb? My son's not in this tomb. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and you won't see him again until he comes back, and he is coming back. But I want you to know, while you're down there, check out what is in that tomb because I left a boatload of stuff for you in that tomb. Oh, you don't have to be confused. I meant to leave hope right there. 
You don't have to be confused. I'm meant to leave peace and love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. I'm meant to leave that stuff laying around the tomb. I wanted you to see I got all kinds of that stuff. But while you're down there, take a look because my son, he in there. He's resurrected. You don't come see. You don't step into that. You don't come down here and see that because you need to see that. And it's the same exact invitation for us today. Some of you guys, well, I've been saved for 17 years now, and I know all that stuff, and I read my Bible once, and um, I pray sometimes. Most of it's, oh, God, before I hit that car. Um, but I do. That's great. And maybe that's true. And maybe 300 years ago you did get saved and that was a real thing. But Jesus didn't just say, hey, come down into this tomb this one time. Notice I'm not here and get up and go hope you figure it out. Actually, he didn't roll the stone back in front of the door that I know of. He pushed that sucker away and he left it open. Not so one time we could be like, oh, I see the cross. That's great. Thank you. Forgiveness. Uh, yep, he's not in the tomb. I'm going to go try to figure it out. But so every day we could step into and come down the steps and take a look at the empty tomb. Because can I just tell you, one trip to the tomb ain't going to get you the rest of these 60 years, 70 years, 16 minutes. It ain't going to get you very far. Because what I know is, I don't need hope one time 20 years ago. I need hope today. What I know is, I don't need peace one time ago 20 years ago. I need peace right now. I I don't need forgiveness that one. (laughs) I need forgiveness a lot. I don't need forgiveness (laughs) that one time like 20 years ago. I need forgiveness like right now. So God, when he rolled the stone away, he said, you come in all you want. It's empty. Come in. It's, it's vacant. It's not empty. You come in and you look all the time. He's still not there. Come back tomorrow. He's still not going to be there. Hope will be, but he won't. Come back six weeks from now. Jesus is still going to be out of this tomb. He's, it's not his anymore. I gave it back to Joseph, but I filled it up first. <laughs> and this morning, God says to us, you can step back down into hope, but it comes at the empty tomb. Oh, I know you feel hopeless, and I know you feel like life's over and stuff's messing up and stuff's falling apart. Well, how long has it been since you stepped into the, the empty tomb? Oh, yeah, I know that you aren't feeling peaceful right now. Well, how long has it been since you stepped down into the empty tomb? How, how long has it been since you've come and seen the, the place where Jesus used to be? How long has it been since you went down into that? How long is it? Oh, yeah, I know that you, you, you feel like sin's just beating you down and you're destroyed. Well, come see where the guy who defeated sin used to be and see that he's not there anymore. You'll, you'll be convinced after a while forgiveness is going to be a continuous thing because as long as Jesus is not in the tomb, forgiveness is free. As long as Jesus is not in the tomb, hope is abundant. As long as Jesus is not in the tomb, joy is a thing. And he says, if you want to come today, I have what you need. But you got to step down in here and see that I'm still God and I'm not dead. I'm alive. 
The tomb is full, but it's vacant. And you can come down into that. And all kinds of stuff kind of happened in the next few minutes. But, um, when they left, I just want you to see this in 8. So they went out, and they started running from the tomb, not because they were scared, but because, man, something happened in that moment of the tomb. They come down in kind of sorrowful and sad and depressed and beaten down and feeling like everything they'd just thrown the past three and a half years into had just vanished at the cross and they got down into there expecting a funeral. And what they dropped off in the tomb was their sadness and their despair and their sorrow and their mess and all their fears and all that stuff. They left it and they bolted out of that place. See, when we step down into the tomb, we can leave just like Jesus did. You don't have to just hang out with Jesus' resurrection. You can get your own resurrection at the tomb. And, and when they come in, they left with a little bit of momentum that they didn't have coming in. It says they started running from the tomb because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. They didn't come out. Oh, that's pretty cool. Love the resurrection. Man, I'm so glad Jesus is alive. That's great. They come out trembling in astonishment at what they'd found in the vacant tomb. Can I just say today, man, it's the same. Amen? If you walk out, oh, it's pretty decent in there. You need to go make sure that's Jesus of Nazareth who died on the cross. It's hold that you were just down him. Because it ain't okay down in that tomb. Amen? Amen. You come out, oh, that's pretty decent. I, man, that was a cool trip. Thank you, Easter. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> you need to go check the name on the door of the tomb. Because there isn't another way to leave a place where hope is Amen. than trembling in astonishment. There's no another way to leave a place of peace than trembling and astonishment he didn't say don't be amazed did he he said don't be alarmed can, can i just say this morning to us um the invitation is still the same this morning god is saying to us yeah, i've been saved for who cares um the invitation is still the same this morning why don't you come check it out i, I know been saved you've heard the story whatever how long has it been since you've been in here yeah i know you prayed the prayer but how how long has it been since you noticed that hope was right here in the empty tomb how long has that been oh yeah i know i know i know i know i know i know you've been here um but do you remember where peace is because there's peace in here. Like, I left it right here. It's, it's still in the same spot that you found it 12 years ago, 40 years ago. It's still in the same spot. But how long has it been since you come back here? Oh, I, I know. Forgiveness. You, you, you got that. But how long has it been since you've come back down here and you, you just maybe sit down on the place where Jesus used to be and you just looked in amazement that his body's not there? Because I still really, I can't believe that. You can't do that. I can't do that. That's a, that's a God thing. He invented that word. That wasn't you. Um, how long has it been since you come and sit down where he used to be 
and really thought about the fact that he ain't there. Because, see, if it's been a while, we start forgetting that hope is in the tomb. If it's been a while, we start forgetting that peace and forgiveness and love and mercy and grace, they're they're all in the tomb. The tomb is vacant, but it's pretty full from where I'm sitting. And Jesus is saying to you this morning, why don't you just come back down and check it out? Uh, The stone's gone. You you don't have to move shame out of the way to get in the tomb. The stone, I hurled that back. You don't have to move guilt out of the way to get in the tomb. I, as a stone, you couldn't lift. I pushed that out of the way, uh, but you can come down. You, you don't have to move defeat and sorrow. You don't have to move none of that out of the way. I pushed that. St- you didn't even know how you could get that stone out of the way. You just knew you had to come here, and I moved it out of the way, and you can come down. So this morning, um, to you and you and you and you uh, and me, you can come and see the place where Jesus used to be. You can come and step into the very full but very vacant tomb again. Let's pray.